Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, I'm going to be talking about what depression looks like in men, which is an important topic because it looks different than it does in women a lot of the time. And a lot of times, guys don't even know that they're depressed when they are. And uh, before we get to that, I must tell you to subscribe as usual. Most recent was how to out-talk your spouse, and coming up is why women dream about their exes. And uh, over 140 more episodes. All right, so, uh, oh, and of course, if you can't, uh, if you don't want to spend the $8.99 for the monthly subscription, there's something even cheaper. The Facebook group is $4.99. Blue subscribe button on the Dr. Psych Mom main page. I have over 440 people in there. They are awesome, and it's a really open-minded, smart place to discuss ideas related to this stuff. Single, divorced, married, um, all ages. It's both genders. It's, it's very exciting. All right, anyway. Um, and I interact more in there. So what does depression look like in men? So most men are not going around crying and acting really sad. Instead, they act angry, irritable, apathetic, uh, cynical. They are, um, they just act like they really don't give a shit. Like they finally realized, and this is something called depressive realism, but they finally realized everything's bullshit. Everything doesn't matter. So Connie might as well do whatever you want. Your relationship is going to be shit. You know, kids aren't going to appreciate you. Work is some bullshit. And, um, you know, why even bother really? That's kind of a lot of how male depression looks. And if you had a dad like that, this can be an epiphany that he may have been depressed, right? Um, men who have low testosterone, that can mimic depression. So there's also lack of energy, right? And lack of drive, sex drive, and just general life drive. And so the first thing to do, if you have no energy, you're irritable, and your wife is like, kind of, what's wrong with you? The first thing always to do would be get your testosterone checked. That's a pretty big uh, change for a lot of men if that is too low. But there's also depression, like regular depression. That is, um, of course, everything is biologically mediated. And in future, we will know a lot more about that, you know, about exactly how depression manifests in the brain. We'll probably be able to scan for it, you know. And now, though, let's just talk about what the symptoms would look like. So the symptoms, there's changes in how you sleep. You could be sleeping more or less. Changes in how much you eat. So there could be a lot of weight gain or weight loss. Again, there's apathy. There's lack of desire to do things that you used to want to do. So while, let's say, you used to want to go for a run, you don't want to go for a run anymore. And it isn't like you're thinking, oh, I just don't want to go for a run. You, your brain is smart. It always comes up with an excuse, a reason. That makes sense. Oh, my knee injury. I don't want to hurt my old knee injury. That would be so stupid to activate that. You know, with my luck, I'm going to fall. And then that's going to put me out of work. So like, there's always a reason, right? But remain the, the point remains that you used to go for a run and now you don't, you know? And instead, you just kind of sit around. The sitting around thing is, um, is a big indicator of depression, especially in men. Because men don't usually just sit around, you know? No matter what sitcoms tell you, you know, men are usually getting up and doing shit unless they're exhausted. 
When they're not, they may be depressed. Now, you can be depressed for your whole life, pretty much. That's a low level of depression is called dysthymia. And then when an episode of, of more severe depression comes upon that, it's called double depression. You were, you were dysthymic or this low level of apathy and cynicism kind of for your whole life. And then you really have a depressive episode. So that can happen to some people as well. All of this, by the way, any, uh, any disorder like depression, anxiety, PTSD, any of these can be assessed by a psychologist or a psychiatrist, right? So if you want to try medication first, go for it. If you want to try therapy first, go for it. What research suggests is the combination of therapy and medication is the best, uh, as one can imagine, right? Because sometimes if you're in therapy, but you won't try any medication, then you're not really giving yourself a full shot at feeling better because you just cannot activate. You just don't have enough dopamine or serotonin or whatever's going on, norepinephrine. Um, and this isn't just me, by the way, not understanding things. We, we really, as a field, have a very limited idea of what works. You know, a lot of, of these things, um, we have no idea why certain medications work for certain people or what have you. But anyway, the point is, whatever's going on, you can't get over the hump biologically. This is why the, um, the admonition that people don't, don't exercise enough. If they just exercise more, I just read an article that actually said that that only works in men. So like in, in women, they, this one study showed that depression, uh, in fact, was not improved by exercise in women, which I have a lot of clients that could tell you, myself as well. If you're a depressed woman and you force yourself to exercise, often all you do is exercise and come back dead tired, you know, and you've expended all of your energy for that day pretty much. But uh, for men, it, it tends to work more, but not every man is the same. So the point I'm making is that sometimes you do need some um, medication to get over the hump such that you can start exercising, you can start feeling a little better physiologically, you can have some of your life drive back, and then you can go to therapy and work on you know, whatever you want to work on in your life to, to improve your life. But I do not feel, by the way, that, that, that anything is bad about going on medication or that it makes you weak or, or anything. I've never heard a person say, yeah, my, my dad, he was such a depressed, angry fuck, but thank God he never went on medication. Boy, that was pretty strong of him. Instead, they say, why was he so close-minded? I've tried Prozac. If he would have tried Prozac, he could have been a different guy. You know, and, and, and also then, of course, some people hear that and they say, oh, I don't want to be a different person. First of all, why not, right? I mean, shit is not going that well. But point is, it can't really make you a different person. What it does is it kind of brings you back to how you felt before you were depressed. And if you've been dysthymic, it brings you back to like your best days, you know, days where it all lifted for a little bit. So what do a lot of guys, by the way, conclude when they're depressed and they don't know that they're depressed? They conclude that their wife is the problem. She's nagging. She's up my ass. We don't have enough sex. Um, and she, she turns the kids against me. Nobody respects me in this house. She just treats me like an ATM. All of this stuff. If you're thinking that your wife is just literally terrible, you're probably depressed, you know? It's a, a human being is not going to be the cause of all of another human being's problems unless this is like a captor-captive situation, right? So unless this is like you with like Joe keeping the woman in the basement. The, you're not being kept in the basement by your wife. She's just another person, right? And she has her own struggles. She cannot make you clinically depressed. She can exacerbate it. Not she, but the marital dynamic. So much like I say to women, he's not making you depressed. 
He could be a narcissist or whatever, probably not, but he's not making you depressed. And I have a whole podcast about this. Does depression go away when you remarry a more supportive spouse? No, it doesn't. Depression is a biological disorder that's highly heritable, right? It's it's inherited uh, by, you know, your gene pool. Was your dad depressed? Was your mom depressed? Most likely they probably weren't diagnosed because who was at that stage? But if you have a tendency to be depressive, then that's highly heritable. And you should kind of get your your butt in gear in terms of normalizing this and not being judgmental about it, because if it's heritable, then that means it's heritable to your children too. So when you start to see them acting depressed, you would probably want to get them into some sort of treatment or at least know what's going on instead of just assuming that they're just being, you know, an asshole, because probably they are just depressed the same as you if you have any children that act similar to how you feel. So you're really negative and they're really negative. Well, guess what? You know, you you come from the same gene pool. So your wife is probably not the reason that you're a depressed man. Your marital issues are likely exacerbating your depression because a good marriage is a protective variable, although it is not a cure in any sense, and a bad marriage exacerbates any mental illness, but it does not cause it. So your wife could not sleep with you. So there's plenty of guys whose wife don't sleep with them, and they still get up and they take a run and they do well at work, and they're a good dad. They just really hate their sex life, you know, and you could think about this with anything else, right? So like, what if you really hated your job? Would you have to be clinically depressed or are there people that hate their job, but the rest of their life is pretty good? That's what it would be like if you were um, not depressed, right? If you were not depressed, you would say, all right, my sex life sucks. Probably my marriage sucks too. Should probably get into marital counseling or figure out what I want to do with that. Even if I know I'm never going to divorce her, at least till the kids are older. Well, I can make peace with that for now and I'll just focus on everything else in my life. That's what you would do if you weren't depressed or depressive. So there's a difference, by the way. There are some people who have a negative worldview because they were raised with one, but they don't have these biological markers. Their sleep is fine. They get out and exercise. They don't eat too much or too little. It's fairly been constant. You know, they do have hobbies and activities, but they are kind of closed-minded and negative. That's the kind of stuff, that's the wheelhouse of therapy. That's what you can really dig your teeth into in therapy, right, is uh, a negative worldview. But once it gets to the point that you're laying in bed all the time, I mean, you know, this is that that's that's where medication usually comes in to help, you know, because there's only there's there's not a lot that therapy can can do with somebody who is too depressed to engage in therapy. And that is chicken and egg. So sometimes that's when you need the medication to come in. Now, is medication a panacea? Certainly not. I myself have shared that I a lot of medications have not worked for me. I've not found a medication for depression that's worked wholly, that's uh, not had any side effects that I've stayed on for a long period of time at all. But sometimes something can jog you a little bit out of an episode or at the very, very least, you can know you tried, which is, uh, you know, a self-esteem boost. I will try whatever. I will try whatever comes on the market, you know? And so like new things come on and so ketamine, you know, or, or whatever, you know, and there's so many new new things that come on all the time. Science advances constantly. So you can turn into somebody who will try whatever sort of medication is available for depression in addition to going to therapy. And then you know that you're kind of doing everything that you can. 
if not for yourself, because when you're depressed, you often don't care. You're irritable. You're negative. You say, fuck it. Who even cares about me? Well, usually people still care about their children and the role model that they're being for their children. So then you are somebody who's trying to get your mental health in check. You're going to therapy. You try medications. And for a lot of people, they work. A lot of women are more screwed in this regard because there's a lot of uh, extra hormonal issues that come into, into the mix. The men that I've seen go on Prozac, you know, a lot of them respond. <laughs> you know, they respond so well that their wife is like, holy shit, he was depressed. Whoa, he's smiling again. And Prozac, I'm just saying, is a proxy variable for any SSRI. Again, I'm not an MD. You have a PhD. You have to go consult with a psychiatrist. Usually your GP will also possibly give you Prozac or, or Zoloft or some SSRI or SNRI or something. Well, Butrin's an SNRI, so it works on norepinephrine. The, the, the point here is you should be working with a provider, a medical provider. Sometimes you have to try a bunch of things and see what works for you. Dosage isn't right, this, that, the other, right? So either, you know, no matter what you're doing here, you should be doing something. If you're realizing from what I'm saying that actually there are also biological changes, you're tired all the time, you know, you don't sleep well, everything seems like a battle, you don't enjoy things, you feel down, everything seems like it sucks, you know, you, you, you've made a lot more sarcastic, snarky remarks recently, you know, things like that, you, your wife, your kids kind of, they're walking on eggshells around you. You tend to explode more. You see the downsides. You haven't had a good idea for something in a while. Vacation's coming up. You don't really care. Oh, a good way to spend money. Everything looks like uh, through a lens of gray. Your wife has said that you're not fun, right? Like you don't want everyone to do anything fun. By the way, a lot of the um, porn addiction can ramp up when men are depressed because they're trying to self-medicate with dopamine. So if porn has gone from like, you know, a couple times a week to every night and, um, you know, you're hiding that from your wife and what have you, then that's also an indicator that something is awry with your mental health. If drinking has ramped up, I have a whole podcast on drinking and binge eating. People try to use those things to self-medicate, obviously. So if you're eating and drinking has ramped up, that's also not a good sign. Any sort of addictive behavior, gambling, gaming, whatever. So anyway, oh, and also a very big one is you don't give a shit about people. You don't want to see any friends. A friend is in town. You really could care. Um, and everything kind of seems stupid. Maybe work, you still go to work because you have to provide, but that seems stupid too. And friends for sure seem stupid. So your wife says, I don't know. Why don't you join the gym? And you're like, what? To spend money on something else? Maybe I could if you didn't shop at the mall so much. And that's like the end of that conversation. So if there's a lot of conversations that, that you perceive that you end, <laughs> then that's like a bad sign. You know, like your wife starts a conversation, you end the conversation. Your kid starts a conversation, you end the conversation. Nobody at work, you know, really gets the full brunt of somebody being depressed, but even they don't necessarily seem to think that you're that much fun to work with. So if this can be an epiphany, then reach out, see a therapist, see a psychiatrist, see both. If you go to a therapist, they can tell you if you seem depressed, right? And they can say, yeah, let's work on things. And eventually maybe you'll, you'll try medication too. I'll refer you to somebody. Some people get better without medication. Those are generally people that don't have as severe intractable depression. 
So if you're just feeling like this for a few weeks and you think that you just kind of need to talk to somebody and get your head on straight, you're feeling disillusioned and demoralized about, let's say, work or your relationship or aging or whatever, then yes, therapy can certainly help. But it's certainly not like everybody that I see is also on an antidepressant. But I always like to lead pretty strong with if you have to do that, it is no personal failing. And it would be pretty um, smart to try to use all the tools at your disposal, right? Um, and just the one thing is that there are sexual side effects to SSRIs, but sometimes those could be good because if you ever suffer from premature ejaculation, what it does is it increases the latency to orgasm for many people. So it's not necessarily a bad thing um, for some. But anywho, I hope that you found this instructive. If you're a woman listening and this sounds a lot like your husband and he won't go to therapy, get him into couples therapy, which you should be able to do because that's an, that that's literally your relationship. I mean, people say I can't get my partner into couples counseling and I have multiple podcasts, how to convince your partner to go to couples counseling. But it comes down to I'm in this relationship. I'm not happy. I scheduled something on Tuesday. We're going. Because if somebody wants to stay married, they cannot just say no to something like that. Then once you're in couples therapy, then the therapist will see that he's depressed if he's depressed and may recommend some individual counseling. So that's kind of like a backdoor way to get a husband into individual counseling or to get him to try some medication or what have you to get him into couples counseling. And then you, you know, you play ball, you endorse, you know, your own problems, but say, but I do think he's depressed, but I do think he's depressed eventually Somebody's going to listen. You know, he's going to listen. They're going to listen. Somebody's going to listen. All right. I hope you guys found this interesting. And uh, it is a large percent of people that come into therapy. Obviously, you know, as working with negative thoughts and feelings are pretty much, you know, tantamount to a, a great, a great large percentage of what we deal with as therapists. So reach out always to me or my team at Best Life Behavioral Health if you do not know who to reach out to for therapy or coaching. Um... And I will talk to everybody soon. Have a great day.